Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win, banksjones.com. The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guest. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. Boy, if you want to talk quarterbacks, pretty perfect crew lined up before the show even started. 16 for Peyton Manning, 17 for T. Martin. So here we go. Good group. Let's make it even bigger. Hit that like and subscribe button, the like button right now. Please do me that favor. And we'll bring in more people for the program today, of which we are loaded. Ron Slay will join us on a Friday, as he does each and every Friday. Certainly appreciate that. Get a preview of the Tennessee basketball slate and the SEC slate. And also look back at the balls getting back in the uh, W column earlier this week. And... Who will be the highest-rated ball in the new EA Sports NCAA football game? It seems like we have something to announce each and every week. But, Caleb, I haven't mentioned this to you yet. But my son and I will be playing a series of NCAA football to predict how Tennessee does it. (laughs) Now, here's how this works. Are you okay? I'm ready. Okay, here's how this works. I'm going to be the opposition because he's going to beat me. And it wouldn't be fun if he were the opposition and we finished six and six for our fans, right? Correct. 
I'm going to be the opposition. So there's a very good chance that with Nico in tow and the talent that this program has, that my son Trammell will go undefeated, which is just a harbinger of things to come for Josh Heupel in the 2024 season. We bring it to you like just nobody else can, and that'll be phenomenal. So hit the like button, bring more people in. But who will be the best in this new EA Sports game that we haven't seen in roughly 15 years? I'm excited to talk about that. Coaches open up about their biggest recruiting heartbreaks. Here are some names that are included. Steve Spurrier, Butch Jones, Peyton Manning is another one. It's pretty neat look back from the athletic. That should be fun. Also, the Big Ten commissioner plans to schedule more November games with college football playoff implications. And then it seems like the SEC is closer to getting to the uh, nine-game schedule. We discussed pros and uh, minuses of that. And as always, we've got Ron Slay on a Friday. That should be fun. And the start of Tennessee baseball, what to expect from the balls. So, Caleb Calhoun, how are you, sir? Good. Happy Friday, Dave. How's it going? It is a happy Friday or Saturday or whenever you happen to be watching. And it is time for today's tough question brought to you by our good friend, Don Self. Don Self, State Farm Matters. Today's tough question. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. Okay, so you can vote on this online if you would like to. Go ahead and take advantage of it. The poll question is up. It is today's tough question. So why don't you go ahead and go to our YouTube page, vote now. Caleb, give us an update. What is today's tough question, and where do we stand percentage-wise? Uh, let me pull it up in just one second. Uh, if you want to set up today's tough question while I pull it up, go ahead and do that. I can certainly do that. So uh, today's tough question is right there on our YouTube page. Uh, and all you have to do is uh, is vote now. I don't know if it's a hot, hot one like yesterday, but essentially it has to do with this. Does Josh Heupel need to depend on assistant coaches? He's lost a couple in the past five days or so. Is he a guy that's sort of like Steve Spurrier? As long as he's there, everything's going to be fine. It's not to say you want coaches coming in and out because that would be an incredibly negative sign for the program. But I'll get you to read the question and remind everyone it's brought to you by Don Self, State Farm agent, there in the Chattanooga area, Don Self in College Dale and Ottawa, as well as the greater Chattanooga area, call 423-396-2126. Go to donself.net, donself.net, 423-396-2126. So what are the options here, Caleb? So the options are, uh, do assistant coaches matter as long as Josh Heupel's in charge? Yes, very needed, which is at 15%. Yes, but Heupel hire the right ones at 85% and nope, he's got this is 0%. So everybody does believe that the staff matters to a certain degree. I think there should be some, and I don't know how you vote for this, that should look at him like a Steve Spurrier, that should look at him like a Nick Saban, or to go even further back a Joe Gibbs at the Washington Commanders. Um, I think he is a guy that can bring coaches in and out and it's for different reasons than some of those guys. Like Saban, you did it because you had to resurrect your career, correct? Uh, 
It probably right. wasn't really pleasant to go work for Nick Saban, but your career needed a boost. With Tennessee, I think there's a couple of different avenues. You have a young staff. So if I'm Kelsey Pope or a young coach, Alec Ablin, I'm looking at the ability to have my resume ahead of most if I were at an older coaching staff. And then I think the other thing is Rodney Garner is the type of coach who realizes that Knoxville might not be the worst place to retire. So I think those are the coaches that you're going after uh, right now. Not that you want the oldest in the world or the youngest in the world, but that to me has appeal on two different fronts, Caleb. I think it matters who he hires, but only at specific at specific spots. You brought up the Steve Spurrier comparison. When did Florida have their best run? When he had Bob Pruitt and then Bob Stoops. Um, yes. That was when they were at their peak. After Bob Stoops, he had John Hoke. And, I mean, you and I both agree that, that's a mediocre defensive coordinator. And before Bob Pruitt, he had Ron Zook, who I don't think should ever be a coordinator of anything. And so I think that that was the peak run. So I think it does matter who Josh Heupel hires. Now, I think Hypo will hire the right one. I'm with you, typically. And the difference between the Floridas of the 90s and now is, Dave, you remember that. Even when the fun and gun was at its peak, Florida was focused on stopping you every possession. They didn't play complimentary to the offense. No, they wanted to stop you, too, defensively, most of the time. And I no, think, I think it, that defense was highly, highly underrated. It was. It was. And whereas I think with Tennessee... Hypo wants a defensive coordinator to play complementary to what his offense is doing. So, which is to say, we don't mind if you give up a lot of yards. We want to have to make you work the whole field to score a touchdown. You might score, you might not, but we'll get it. We'll we'll get a possession back if you do. Is Hypo's way of thinking a lot of times, and I think that in that situation, Tim Banks is the perfect hire for Hypo. It's it's going to be it would be hard to get another Tim Banks if Tim Banks left. And Rodney Garner is important for recruiting. I think most other people are interchangeable, though. Let me ask you this across the board. Is it easier for Josh Heupel, given his reputation and what he is, he stands for offense. I want to hear you on the message board say this. Is it easier for him to hire a quality offensive assistant or a quality defensive assistant? Because I could argue either one. I think it's actually easier for him to hire a quality offensive assistant. I just don't think he wants to spend the money to do that because he doesn't, he knows he doesn't need one. Okay. Easier. Why? Because if you're a quality offensive assistant looking for a promotion to maybe one day be a head coach, just work under Josh Heupel. You'll have a historically, historically great offense on your resume and then you'll go get a head coaching job somewhere else. Okay. Flip side on concern. If, if I'm a coach taking, if I was a coach hired in, instead of Alec Ablin, okay, that came in, had no idea of how this offense worked, I would be really worried that I would be on the outside looking in. And I think that's happened before. It happened with Chuck Smith on the defensive side of the ball. He was just kind of one of the dudes. It happened with Gus Malzahn, who they called uh, high school um, back in Houston Nuts staff. So you can get ostracized. That's what would scare me about getting ostracized. If I don't understand this offense immediately – that would be a concern on the defensive side. I got to do what Tim Banks tells me to do. And that seems a little bit more simple than being on the, on, on the offensive side. I actually think it would in, in a lot of ways be easier. And I didn't think this when he was originally hired for Josh Heupel to hire a great defensive coach, as opposed to an offensive coach. Rob agrees with me. Defense. Am I crazy guys on the message board? 
Well, I guess we're talking two different things because you're not talking coordinators. You're actually talking staff members on the staff. And I think uh, position coaches. And I think you're probably right with that. Well, um, your, your coordinator on the offensive side is an assistant coach. I mean, it may say coordinator, at least on my side, when I offer, I can say you are the head coach of the defense. On your side, if you offer offensive coordinator, Josh Hopkins is going to go, it's still me, dude. Yeah, he is. He is. I actually have more to offer than than you do in this scenario. Very similar that, to when, remember when Lane Kevin hired Jim Chaney as offensive coordinator? And that was, Lane, Lane Kevin was running the offense, wasn't he, Dave? More than Jim Chaney? Did Jim Chaney ever oh. call a play? Uh, I, he may have called a play. That, to me, though, doesn't define you as a coordinator. And I think that Lane was incredibly comfortable with him calling plays if that needed to be the case. Okay. Um, so I would say hiring a defensive coordinator is the hardest thing to hire because I look, if you're an aspiring defensive coordinator, I gotta be honest, coaching and coaching opposite Hypo's offense is just good. It's gonna hurt you trying to get a head coaching job down the road. It's very similar, by the way. To like we talked about earlier back in the late 2000s, trying to be a high uh, an offensive coordinator for Nick Saban. Now Jim McElwain got a job. He shouldn't have. He's terrible, but he got one. But you know, typically, like these, it's one thing to want to be great on one side and hire somebody else to be great on the other side. They don't want somebody to be great on the other side. Josh Hyper doesn't want a coordinator who's going to be great and shut everybody down on defense. He wants a coordinator who's going to be complementary to what he's doing offensively, which is a huge difference between the two. Travis said something that I want to address real quick. Um, I know CNDC should have significant control. Head coaches that don't surrender some control always fail. I think there's a lot of truth to that. I, I don't think that Lincoln Riley has handed over control to a defense. He's always got uh, restrictions on them and what they can do in practice. I think Philip Fulmer is an example who did hand over the defense to John Chavis. So we could go back and forth. I think Alex Golish was the offensive coordinator, even though it's Josh Heupel's offense. And then last year, without Golish, I still think it was on Heupel. And I believe that the shortcomings of quarterback affected the offense more than any play calling or coaching. Caleb, that's my thought. I guess we'll see moving forward. But if Josh Heupel needs to put his arm around um, uh, an offensive coordinator in his first year as a coordinator, I got no problem with that. Go ahead and do that. And eventually, though, he does need to contribute positive ideas to the group or you're going to be looking for another coordinator or assistant coach. Okay, here's my question on that, though. And, and you're, you're a little more tight in than me with this, so I think you could actually give good insight. Because what Travis said, did Nick Saban ever relinquish control of the defense? His entire career, he had coordinators. No, I, feel like I was thinking about that yesterday. I feel like we've overstated that some because I, I had a really good source on the staff at the time. Yes, he would tear up a game plan if he hated on a Thursday night. It could be offensive or defensive, but he also, for the most part, did trust his coaches. So don't want it to sound like every Thursday night he came in and goes, "You bunch of goofballs! What have you been <laughs> no. doing all week? You can just drop." Dead. Well, I mean, he I, be that. I believe he trusted his offensive coaches, but I never felt like I never felt Kirby Smart was alone running the defense. I felt like Kirby Smart and Nick Saban ran it together, didn't they? Or Jimmy Pruitt and Nick Saban ran it together, like comp, like they kind of co-led the defense, didn't they? Throughout Nick yes. Saban's tenure, yeah. yeah, yeah, and so that's where I'm thinking. 
Okay, so uh, now I will say this. You're right. With Josh Heupel and Alex Golish, they probably co-led the offense. Now, maybe this is a concern. I don't believe Joey Halsley's co-leading the offense with Josh Heupel. Josh Heupel's leading the offense, and Heupel, and he's telling Halsley, go coach the quarterbacks. You're right, and, and he may grow into an offensive coordinator that he hands it over to him one day in the next two or three years. But right now, your job is to come up with good, innovative plays that we haven't thought of yet. That that should be Josh Heupel's speech to him. Mm-hmm. Like the but Princeton, the- you know, like the Princeton fan plays and the stuff they ran around the goal line. I mean, I don't yep. know who came up with that, but that needs to be somebody's job. Don't worry about the rest of the offensive game plan. Just come up with six ingenious plays a but, week. Like that. And then on the other side, though, to be fair, they're like, I don't want to go to the NFL, but we see a dynasty in the making with the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid's running that offense. I don't care who the coordinator is. That's Andy Reid's offense, isn't it? And he's running the show. I think we're in a position, and I think Peyton Manning changed this, where that's Patrick Holmes' offense. Mahomes? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we're in a I think we're in a situation where every quarterback is pretty much running the offense. Do you think Patrick Mahomes called that game winning touchdown? That looked like an Andy Reid dial up right there. Oh no, 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 no. Anything with a delay. I'm just saying in general, I think that if, if you have a delay, yes, you want to get the right call in. But I think that guys go to the line like Peyton Manning brought to the NFL. I think he changed things that much and they have two plays every single down that they could go to. And they just react to how the defense is lining up. And- that was called freeze freeze plays in Tennessee. People don't understand, you do, how many Football coaches come from Tennessee. I mean, you could go on and on and on. Tennessee, if you really look at it, as far as some of the big names, it's the heart of, of football in a lot of ways. And uh, Tennessee, I thought, was uh, the, the the heart of football in a lot of ways of uh, being able to create what's, what's happening now with offensive football. Nevertheless, we have something else pressing, though, Caleb, because at this point, I'm so excited about the new EA Sports NCAA football game. I can't stand it. I'm trying to figure out a way that I could possibly play the game in the hot tub, which I think is possible, but we're still working on it. Obviously, they still drop the controller. Yeah, I wouldn't want to get electrocuted, but I, I, I'm working on something like that. Don't you do it, but it's time for Four Downs, and it's brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. Four Downs brought to you by Dynasty Spas, the most comfortable spas made in the United States of America, right here in East Tennessee. Drop in for the all-new showroom in Athens, Dynasty Spas, perfect for all four seasons. Four Downs presented by Off the Hook Sports. Absolutely. So, Coop, what should we do if we want to jump in the hot tub with you? Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. All right. So the new... EA Sports game is going to be out. I'll ask you this question. And it's which down, Coop? Coop here. First down. Who will be the highest rated player among the balls on this game? It's funny. I asked this question not knowing the answer. I just posed it. I had no idea where I was going to go. Um, uh, yeah, it's very, very tricky. I want to say Nico. I'm going to say Nico. I'm going to say Nico Yamaliava. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's Nico. I'll throw in a possibility for a couple of guys that'll be right there. Obviously, Cooper is going to be, we would think, high 90s at center. Um, Dylan Sampson might get some more props um, because he is he has shown flashes, certainly. Uh, oh, my gosh. How do we forget? I'll let you finish, but we forgot the... Easy one. 
Well, I mean, I don't know what you do with Brew McCoy coming off of an injury. Keenan Pilly, you, you tell me if I stumble onto one of yours. Keenan Pilly, I think, will be higher rated than he than he probably should because there's been so much pub about him. Who am I missing? James Pierce. I, I think oh, we both oh, forgot dude. James Pierce. He's going to be the most highly rated player. Mm, I could see that. That wouldn't surprise me. James Pierce, most highly rated player. Okay. Who will have the bigger impact on the season in terms of wins and losses? Will it be Pierce or Nico? Cooper Mays. That's obvious. Second number. Are you taking Nico? I would have taken Joe Milton last year. You take the quarterback. Yeah, I think I think Nico's good enough where I think I know what I'm getting from him. James Pierce, if he rolls up three or four sacks, then that's another level. Who will be the most exciting player among the Vols? That's not the same thing a lot of times. For those of you that have played video games, it's not the same thing. A lot of times they're not as exciting. I'm going to steal this one. Tennessee center Cooper Mays here, third down. It's going to be Nico because they're going to make him move around and they're going to make it fun and they're going to make everybody a little bit better than they should be, especially at skill positions because it's the first time the game has been back in like 15 years. That's what they're going to do. Hit the uh, like and subscribe button. Let's You're bring wrong. some more people in. People are saying Nico. People are saying Waterboy. Of course, it's Nico. Nico again. Nico, Nico, Nico. My goodness. That seems like a lot. Okay. If the gameplay is like it was back in the day, the slot receiver was always the most open receiver and the easiest read in this game, by the way. And who is the slot receiver for Tennessee, Dave? And what, in what year? It the Before the game went out. Back in the day, the it, the problem with NCAA football was it had the, it was the easiest reads possible, and the slot was always open. If you if you just like every other play, the slot receiver was there. David Martin, uh, huh? David Martin? No, I'm talking about on this team. It's Squirrel White, and they're going to oh. get Squirrel White like a they're going to get Squirrel White like 97 speed probably. So like he's going to be open like every time. Squirrel White's going to have like 500 yards a game if they have the gameplay the way it used to be. I like Squirrel. People are kind of clamping down on uh squirrel all right so where will nico's ranking be amongst other quarterbacks that's the question i have for you in 60 seconds four downs brought to you by dynasty bulls and spas imagine having the best spas made right here in the united states of america in your backyard dynasty pools and spas their showroom is open in athens right off the interstate you can stop by and check out the best hot tubs and spas in the market. And then delivery, yes, they can do that. It's Knoxville or Chattanooga. They've got complete support spa cover and chemicals to keep your spa bubbling at its best. They also have pool chemicals as well. Dynasty pools and spas, amazing discounts for first responders, military, and even some blemish models. It can save you a ton, and no one will ever notice. Mention Off the Hook Sports, get $500 off. Mention Off the Hook Sports, get $500 off. Dynasty Pools and Spas. Go to DynastyPoolsAndSpas.com or stop by that showroom in Athens. DynastyPoolsAndSpas.com. Dynasty Pools and Spas. Coop. All SEC Center Cooper Mays here. Fourth down. All right. Where will Nico rank among quarterbacks in the EA Sports game to begin the year? I've got him behind Carson Beck. Uh, I've got him... <clears throat> behind that's about it that's my only lock who else should i have him behind who will he be behind going into the year okay so um jane daniel oh change. i think they're gonna have him 
They're going to have him behind G- behind uh, Jackson Dart because Jackson Great. Dart played this past year. Okay. Um, maybe Brady Cook, maybe Jalen Milrow. Jalen Milrow. He I think there's a lot of the, that's my classic. He will be this to start the season, but that's not going to hold true to the end. No, yeah, it won't hold true. But I think those are, you know, the these back in the day, they valued, they heavily valued uh, playing, you know, ex- playing experience. So I think it'll be Beck, Daniels, Dart, and excuse me, Beck, Dart, Cook, and Milro. So he'll be fifth, but he'll finish second. Yeah, I think he'll finish first. How excited are you for this game? Were you into this game? I, I, I never told you guys this, but um, I feel like I could have started a YouTube channel like 12 years ago, but I was so addicted to this game that I like I actually quit playing it cold turkey because it was like actually eating up too much of my time. It's interesting. It's uh, very nice. Of you it was, I had it. a problem. I legit had a problem. I didn't <laughs> do well in high school or college the way I should have because I couldn't stop playing this game. Okay. So let's get some post of support for Caleb, who is fighting one heck of a um, an addiction to uh, NCAA football. And now that it's coming back, I'll be honest with you, with you. I'm a little bit concerned about his upcoming productivity level. I mean, Travis sport, says you know, he can destroy you on NCAA. You know the worst part? You know the worst part now with gambling legal? You're going to be able to bet playing esports online with other people. I mean, I think it's just – it's all it's all the addictions coming to me just like going to wreck me. Yeah, Dave. I mean, I, I can't play this game. I, if I play this game, I will not do what I need to do for you working. I have quick turkey. Okay. If you do, then I'll put uh, $10 down on Travis to beat you right there. And then uh, also uh, – Caitlin's like, you'll be doing the show by yourself. It's true. I believe you can stay away from this addiction. All right. I had uh, one, was it Game of, uh, it wasn't Game of Thrones, but it was like that where you could get, and it was on your computer and I had to delete it. I was playing it way too much. What was it? The little troll movie. Does anybody remember that? Derek says he went to 92 and 39 online in the PS3 NCAA 14 ranked to the top 100. That's nice. Impressive, Derek. Yes. Okay. All right. So go ahead. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, yeah, you've got a baby on the way. You'll never get to play. That is the game changer. That is when you no fall out of, Yeah. When, when you fought, when you have a baby, you go from like, you'll still know your favorite teams like the Titans and the Vols because you work, you know, you cover those. You'll still know them one to 85. But when I start to ask you about that new backup quarterback at the Chargers that you probably know right now, you won't. You're not, you're like six months. You'll be like, Hey, I got a baby to take care of. I'm not watching sports center all day long. Hit that like and subscribe button. Online hooker gaming is coming to you very, very soon. Coaches up open up about their biggest recruiting heartbreaks. Steve Spurrier included, Butch Jones included, and I look forward to digging into this because I have seen some coaches very, very, very upset, and they wouldn't want that out, but they're sharing for some reason with Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Oak Sports and continues to be, and it's represented by Banks and Jones. So how about 30 Five seconds, and then we're going to talk about some heartaches that the balls have been through in recruiting.
Why Banks and Jones? Well, it's because they're Tennessee's trial attorney. You can play to win with Banks and Jones because they'll go to trial. You've heard of other lawyers. They say they'll go to trial and fight for you. They won't. They just want to settle. That's the easiest way out. Well, that's not Banks and Jones, led by T. Scott Jones. They won't settle. They'll go to trial for you. Tennessee's trial attorney. They play to win. Truly, Tennessee's trial attorney when it comes to criminal defense or personal injury. Why settle? Banks and Jones. T. Scott Jones. Banksandjones.com. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win. Banksjones.com. You're listening to The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. The internet is full of pictures of each and every one of you. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off The Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Is there nothing you people can't do? Also available on OffTheHookSports.com. Welcome back. The SEC involves biggest recruiting losses. Uh, we're live now. Hit that like and subscribe button. We greatly appreciate that. Hit the bell because that turns the notifications on. And you'll know that uh, just yesterday, Cooper May said on this channel that he thought that Dylan Sampson was a fine pass uh, protection blocker. We could debate that. But the funniest part of that interview, which you can check out, is the fact that I asked him, I said, how much of that is want to with running backs? And he goes, He's, he goes, a lot. He goes, I wouldn't want to run back there and block somebody that's trying to sack my quarterback when I just ripped off a 25-yard run. <laughs> I mean, Cooper's basically saying he doesn't want to block, but he can't carry the ball. But So he's going to block, and he's realized his lot in life, right? That That is basically what he said. That is basically <laughs> what he said. <laughs> I mean, I could not stop laughing. I love Coop, and uh, he's <clears throat> he and I have agreed that uh, we're going to continue the Vol Report. Brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning, Integrity Matters, CityHeatAndAir.com. So we're going to continue that through the upcoming season. Hope you like it. Uh, we'll do some stuff with Jacob Warren after he's an NFL Hall of Famer. And this, according to The Athletic, which, yes, is still around, so good for them. Uh, you've got uh, three players on here at the beginning of this uh, story. You got Barry Switzer, Butch Jones, and I believe that's Matt Rule. Is that correct? Uh, in the picture, yes. Um, I believe that is the text. No, that's a Texas Tech coach. Matt Rule was never at Texas Tech, I don't believe. Oh, okay, um, I thought that was Temple. Okay, so anyway, uh, maybe it is, maybe it is Matt Rule. Maybe it, you're right, it, it might be Temple. Sorry. And but, nevertheless, I could tell you he's not one of the ones I could tell you a story about, but I could tell you. Funny yeah, that's not the heart of the story. <laughs> no, no. I could tell you funny recruiting stories about one about Barry Switzer and more than you could count about Butch Jones. But the the thoughts on this are the. The prospects that got away and sometimes you do all you can do, but sometimes you drop the ball and that's very, very different. Um, you don't want to put all of those hours into landing a prospect and boom, he's gone. All right, so let me start with uh, Butch Jones. What did he refer to as one of his biggest losses, I'm assuming, while at Tennessee? 
Uh, he he referred to, and actually, this is the first time we're not going to attack Butch Jones because this one's not his fault. And it was Von Bell. He took over in December of 2012, about two months before signing day, and he and his staff immediately tried to make Von Bell a priority. And but it was just too late in the um in the process, and they weren't going to get him yep. at that point. And I, and I have told you before the 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 it was so. They, Tennessee was so behind, it didn't matter if Nick Saban had taken the head coaching job at Tennessee with Von Bell. They were so, so far behind. And yes, and sometimes you have a Lyle or Dooley, a Smoky Mountain Red said that can affect it. So go ahead and uh, Bob, plug it in there. Uh, your thoughts on big losses. But Von Bell, I would say in the past 10, 15, 20 years, last recruiting generation, that that was the one that Tennessee had the easiest and would have had the biggest impact if you want to combine those two. Yeah, I I agree. That was a layup. They never should have lost out on Von Bell. Um, now, to be fair, I mean, you tell me, did Dooley lose out on Jalen Ramsey or was he never going to Tennessee? He was never, ever, ever interested in Tennessee. <clears throat> okay. so, so I, won't even, I won't hold that one against him. Now, I will hold it against him if, if I'm – not astute enough, lucky enough, whatever the word is that you, if I find a Jalen Ramsey as a reporter and he turns out to get offers from everywhere based off the video that I posted, why wouldn't he call me and say, Hey Dave, can you help give me any insight? Philip Bulmer would have done that. I mean, Oh yeah, that's pretty, it's pretty bad recruiting. I mean, he never had a chance cause he never gave himself a chance. Right. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So it was, um, you know, and, and Jones did say it's the one time I'm okay with him blaming a previous staff because he said he tried, we tried to make up for lost time. Now, knowing Butch Jones the way I know him, he probably would he's probably trying to subtly say that that's the reason he didn't work out at Tennessee was he didn't land Von, Von Bell because that's how Butch Jones operates. But I'm not going to throw him under the bus for that yet because he didn't explicitly say that. But I think that's in his head because Jones can never Butch can never take responsibility for when he messed up. Um, but. <laughs> Totally agree. So, so Von Bell is his big, that, that's the one he cites as his big loss when in reality, there's nothing he could do. So that's kind of sociopathic in and of itself. The biggest mistake I made, I couldn't have avoided. Yeah, that, you're you right. You saying about the irony you're, of that? You're absolutely right. That's so true. That's like when presidents uh, talk about their biggest like mistake in, in, as president, and they always talk about a bill that didn't get through Congress. And yeah. I'm like, so you're saying yeah. it's not my fault? You're saying it's yeah. because Congress didn't yeah. pass it? We'd be like Krypton before General Zod got those uh, important numbers. I mean, we would have been the most peaceful, awesome place in the world. We would have been Krypton if I could have got that water erosion bill passed. But that the other crazy politician just threw me off. So this is the same thing. This is... Don't blame me. My name's Butch Jones. Derek Dooley screwed that up, and he royally <laughs> did. I mean, I'll defend him, but I mean, there was no way they were going to get back in there. Now, maybe with the transfer portal, you probably could have gotten him to come back, but he was doing pretty darn good. But, at, and know, Butch's biggest state. recruiting mistakes were um, Butch's biggest recruiting mistakes were uh, the players that he didn't put at the right position after they committed to Tennessee: Jalen Hurd and Khalil McKenzie, most notably. Before, what about the fact that he tried to play T.J. Watt at uh, tight end? <laughs> you knew that, right? I did know that. I did know yes. that. Yeah. I mean, that's 
I mean, that's a Hall of Famer. Herald Group Security Solutions wouldn't make that mistake because they're about leadership experience and specialization. Look them up, heraldgrp.com, heraldgrp.com. We know about the terrible situation with the shooting in Kansas City. Well, Herald Group Security Solutions has uh, just incredibly highly trained individuals to make your workplace safer, make your children's school safer. These are going to happen again, unfortunately. Let's make your school your children's school safer. We're working with private schools now. We want to work with public schools. And then Steve Spurrier referenced, again, Herald Group Security Solutions. Steve Spurrier referenced trying to get Peyton Manning. Was that a joke? They were never in the running. Well, he he was trying to recruit Peyton Manning. Yeah, he said, uh, he told a story. He said Peyton came in and he came in the same weekend Kirby Smart came in. And he said they sort of piled around together. Um but he said the next Tuesday or so Kirby Smart would have been like the same age as Peyton Manning, wouldn't he? Or Kirby Smart, inter- Kirby Smart intercepted a Peyton Manning pass. Yeah, I know. So that's that's what was weird. Um, yeah. you know, but okay, he said so that, that Spurrier so should be. Hmm? I was just gonna say real quick that hits me at first crazy that Steve Spurrier would say he could have gotten Peyton Manning, but if you look at all of their decisions, they've been business decisions, including Sarkeesian. Uh, to to coach to be coached Arch. by Cut at uh, Ole Miss, to be coached by uh, Cut at Tennessee, uh, they they've all been business decisions. So maybe he could have ended up for Steve Spurrier. My gosh, that would have driven Tennessee fans insane. He would. How unstoppable would he have been? Uh, oh, I mean that. I always thought they kind of fell short and just winning one title. They win three with him easy. Yeah. The, the thing is, I think, and Spurrier said it worked out best because they had Danny Warfel. He said, we've got Danny Warfel. And they had another kid. You may remember him, Eric Kresser at the time. And, yep. and basically, I think the reason Peyton probably wasn't going there ever was because Warfel was a sophomore when Peyton was committing. So you, you don't want to sit behind a guy for three years. So that was probably off the... That was probably out of the question. Anyway, the big thing with Spurrier that stood out to me. By the way, you, you that was more insightful than you know. That was the big thing that Peyton Manning always said. He said he didn't care to go in with a class like Brandon Stewart, but he would never come in a year behind. He actually said that publicly a lot during his recruitment. Oh, I did not know that, which is why he was – that's why Florida was never in the running because Warfel was already starting as a freshman. Right. And so – but the thing is, Spurrier – now – Look, Steve Spurrier is just honest. He's not a liar, but is this Bush League or not? Because Bobby Bowden is no longer with us. Um, but he talked about recruiting tussles with Florida State. And while he never said, he never called them out, and I'm going to quote this and not do a Spurrier impression because I can't do a Spurrier impression. But he said, quote, when we were going up against him, they were an independent school, so I hate to say it, but nobody was looking over their shoulders about the rules and all this and that and the other. And... He said that they'd bring in some recruits and their moms would say, coach, your parking lot of cars don't look near as good as those up at FSU. And he said, yeah, I know. That's the way it is right now. That's all right. So they probably out-recruited us a little bit back in the 90s. And, of course, Miami was down there recruiting very well then. So he basically said Florida State was cheating to beat them in recruiting. Uh, Yeah, but in all fairness, I mean, come on. Steve Spurrier wanted to get out by four or five o'clock to go play golf. All right. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and that was definitely in the off season, like during spring camp, but it was sometimes even in the regular season where there might be a day to get out of there a little bit early. So 
uh, come on. I think that's an easy cop out. I think if he looks back at it, he probably says to himself, if I'd have been an absolute dogged recruiter, I could have won three or four or five championships like Nick Saban did. Now that's a big if, because that's no, that that's absolutely no fun. Tennessee cider company, the original hard cider, the smoky mountains use the promo code hat. That's hat to receive some free swag with your cider order available most anywhere in the United States of America. And we're going to tell you some cool stuff about Hooker's Corner, our Patreon group coming up. Also, Ron Slay in a matter of moments. What other big recruiting heartbreaks were out there that could have changed the face of the sport? Because when you talk about Peyton Manning going to play for Steve Spurrier, A, they're a lot better, but B, Tennessee's not as good. So that would change the whole feel of that September Tennessee-Florida game. I mean, I'm sorry, but if if the best offensive-minded coach has the best offensive player in the game, if that was Spurrier and Manning, I mean, matching, no offense, Brandon Stewart or Philip Fulmer, but matching up against those two guys kind of feels like you know one of those midget wrestling things where you're wrestling somebody a lot smaller. I don't see that being an even fight whatsoever. Burger well, Manning versus Stuart Fulmer. Yee. The only the only thing I think may have actually helped Tennessee in that situation is one of their problems against Florida was I felt that they put too much on Manning those three years where they, you know, with Stewart, maybe they would have actually played a little more ball control and maybe played a little more patient with Brandon Stewart, like yeah. they did with T. Martin in 98. Um, so I, you know, it's before I get to some other ones, I just want to point out what you said about Spurrier was a, uh, I think Spurrier hated the sales part of recruiting. Cause he can't sell. He's, he's not, he's too honest to be a salesman, isn't he? And so like he, you know, the story with Emmett Smith where Emmett Smith wanted Spurrier to like recruit him to stay for a senior year. And Spurrier basically said, can you make a decision so I can know what to do with my running backs? <laughs> and so that was his, that's how he I operated. I even think it was the BS salesman aspect of it because he, he wasn't selling BS. He was selling a great program. So I, I think there are some people that sell BS and it is kind of cheesy because they know it's not great. I think it was just the time spent doing it as opposed to being on the golf course. I think it was. A well, yeah. We talked about EA sports Spurrier's coaching football for him was like playing EA sports for the rest of us. He just wanted to call the plays in a game and, and that that's why he coached football. He liked calling offensive plays in a game. That was his thing. So, um, uh, so yeah, as far as some other ones that was, in, that were interesting, um, uh, yeah, you you brought up Barry Switzer. Uh, you know, another one, just real quick, is uh, it sounds like uh, Danny Ford and Clemson missed out on Herschel Walker in 1980, and they were really trying to get him. Um, Reggie Bush, uh, Mark Helfrich at Arizona State was trying to get Reggie Bush at the time. Remember, USC was not USC when he ended up at USC. And Barry Switzer talked about uh, Earl Campbell and thought that they had him and it sounds like he basically he he says uh nil stands for now it's legal he basically was also saying there was a lot of cheating going on in the southwest or in the southwestern region of the country even though oklahoma wasn't the southwest conference but we all knew that i mean let's be honest there was never a place that was cheating more than texas schools was there in the 70s and 80s um yes let me let me let me ask you this. What was the biggest prospect that Tennessee's ever lost? The biggest one that they've I'm ever, gonna give that you they were really two. in the running for. It, truly in the running for 
I'll give you two, and they're both named Chris. You can guess those. Who can guess that? Yeah, they're two quarterbacks, but I've got another quarterback. Chris Sims and Chris Leak is the one that I would go. I could go with both of those. And by the way, Chris Leak, if he commits to Tennessee, that changes everything about the 2005 season, doesn't it? And the disaster that happened. Yes, and it changes Florida's destiny too, you would think. It does. Here's a question. He was never considered in the running because of the Ole Miss hire so quickly. But if David Cutcliffe doesn't leave for Ole Miss, is Eli Manning in the running for Tennessee? Is Tennessee in the running for Eli Manning? Uh, not if Cutcliffe's not around. But that's what I mean. If Cutcliffe's around, do you think yeah. there's a chance Tennessee gets Eli Manning from Ole Miss? Did Ole Miss hire David Cutcliffe to make sure Eli Manning didn't go to Tennessee? Hey, if 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 David Cutcliffe's the offense coordinator coordinator now i think arch manning's at tennessee i don't know what that means for your head coach or if it's even josh heupel or who it is but yes i think that arch manning would have followed in line with david cutcliffe david cutcliffe who you met is getting to the point where he's a little bit old but coach he didn't want to do that but yeah i mean it would have been arch manning at tennessee and um i'm trying to think of some scenario in which josh heupel wouldn't be the head coach because i know he liked nico more than arch but Let's just say it's some Brent Venables top guy that's a defensive coach, and you've got uh, you got David Cutcliffe to run things on offense. The first guy he's going to go after and get is Arch. Period. Yeah, and the reason whether I can't better, whether that's better or not, we can debate. But I mean, that that's what would happen. I, I could agree with that. The reason it's hard for me to say Chris Sims with the loss is because I, I look. I'm just sorry if you if I don't care what school what time or what place if i have to choose between casey clausen or chris sims as my quarterback i want casey clausen every day i agree agree. my issue with sims though was that he after months after he said there was racial segregation at tennessee and yeah so he basically threw the school under the bus yeah so i'm including that and the other one that i want to include (laughs) off the top of my head is a guy that played a factor in the uh super bowl miko hardman I felt like Tennessee was on the verge of getting the Hardmans of the world. And there were like three or four at that in that particular class. You can go back and check his class. And that instead, Georgia got him. And at that point, I said, I feel like Tennessee has officially lost even being on an even kill in recruiting with Georgia. And that was that Miko Hardman class. And, and at that point, I felt like they were in the chase position from then on. Whereas if they get Hardman and a couple of those guys – they're still they're still battling, so they weren't. Yeah, for that. you remember who all I was in that see. class? Read, read that Georgia signing class. I'll tell you how many people that that I was twenty seventeen, right? Yes, I think that's right. Uh, and I'll tell you how many people that Tennessee could have gotten out of that class and would have changed things tremendously. Campbell Cunningham, see. Taylor, and Han enjoy life when you see better. A local vision service for LASIK, cataract surgery, and regular eye examinations. Go to ccteyes.com, ccteyes.com. Oh, wait, so it was 2016. Sorry, I'm pulling it up in 2016. 2016. This was Kirby Smart's first signing class. Okay. Okay. As I, as one person with knowledge of um, the recruitment of both schools, who's very, very tied in, I said, it looks like Tennessee's getting some great players. And he goes, they're not getting the Miko Hardmans. And I was like, oh, so you're telling me they're dropping behind in talent level to Georgia. So who is in that class? Okay, so let's see. We're looking at um, Jacob Eason, Ben Cleveland, Miko Hardman, Isaac Nada. 
Hmm. Could have got Nada. Could have got Nada. Could have got uh, Hardman at the time. I'm not saying they were going to, but they were in play. Julian okay. Rochester, Jaleel Laguines, Logans, excuse me, uh, Chauncey Manick, Charlie Warner, Tyler Clark, Javon Wims, McCall Carter, Elijah Holyfield. Holyfield, um, they were in, uh, they were battling for, but it was pretty obvious he was going to go to Georgia. Riley Ridley, um, Ridley, Jack they Clay, were David Moore. Jack Clay, David Marshall, Chris Barnes, Tyreek McGee, Brian Harrion, Tyler Simmons, Solomon Kinley, and Marshall Long was that class. That was Kirby Smart's first class. It was an underwhelming class, but like this shows you how good of a job Georgia is. Kirby Smart was taking over for Mark Rick, and it was a transition year, and they still had a top 10 class that year. I mean, it's just so easy to recruit. You know, I, and I, it's funny, Dave, as we were talking, I was looking at players who were, I wanted to say, who were uh, from Tennessee that the Vols may have missed out on. And, you know, the ones that I see are more of the players that they just didn't recruit. You know, the Patrick Willis's of the world or the um, uh, Randall Cobbs of the world. Um, yeah. But so what about. Let's discuss those two cats real quick. Patrick Willis, uh, John Chavis didn't think he was fast enough. He just got inducted to the Hall of Fame. Randall Cobb, Tennessee, didn't offer forever until like the beginning of January when National Signing Day was the first week of February. They offered him at that point, made up a lot of ground, could have probably gotten him, and then they didn't give uh, Trooper Taylor the coordinator job. He went to Oklahoma State, and that was over. So, those are two that people may not know the back history, but that's what happened to those two guys. So you were going to talk about guys that they didn't go after or did go after? Uh, here's one they you could tell me. I feel like they did. Did they go after Harrison Smith out of Knoxville? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he wanted, just Harrison, wanted Harrison Smith a lot. A coach may or may not have called, uh, called me and said, uh, hey, so uh, – you know, you could uh, be sure and tell Harrison Smith next time you interview him how Tennessee's every bit as good of a school as Notre Dame. I said I could. <laughs> I said but I went to I went to Tennessee. I've been to Notre Dame covering it. That would be a flat out lie. Are you asking me to flat out lie to the young man? Possibly. Okay. And he went with um because he went this he was in the same class of Golden Tate, right? Who also was from Tennessee and went to Notre Dame. Yes, yes, there was a strong. There was a strong Catholic push there in recruiting that wasn't going anywhere despite where Tennessee wanted it to go. Um, and let's face it, Notre Dame, if nothing else, is always going to have a major, major insight into the uh, Catholic schools and inside runs. So that's understandable. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime and anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Big Ten Commissioner plans to schedule more November games with college football playoff implications. Uh, later in the season, college football playoff to vote soon. On a 6-6 model or 5-7 model. And also what this may mean for Tennessee, who appears to be close to getting the uh, nine-game schedule set. So when they get that set, we won't lose Tennessee-Alabama. I think that's good for the conference. Won't lose Alabama, or sorry, Auburn-Georgia as well. So I like that. But this 5-7 model does nothing for me. This is a 5-7 model. The 6-6 six, six is worse, but the 5-7 model is in, is giving the Pac-12 a chance to put together a conference. That's not what this is about. Pac-12 does not have a conference together. Put it together, and then maybe you'll get granted one of those. So uh, that, to me, is a, is a major concern, Caleb, and your thoughts on uh, Tennessee and uh, the, the schools right now that – <clears throat> when they move into this and, and this new area of, of scheduling, I want the uh, matchups as far as Georgia, Auburn, and I want the matchups at Alabama, Tennessee, uh, but I don't care to give the big 12 a, just because they used to be a power five conference, an automatic bid. And it seems like that's going to be the very minimum. Why did they get an automatic bid? And they're the, the pack two right now. Yeah. Well, this five, seven model would be, you're right. It should be the five, seven model because right now, if they're doing the six, six model, it's not going to be a pack two for an automatic bid. What it's going to be is you're going to have two of the mid major conferences get automatic bids. So you'll have the goal for this playoff setup was to have at least one mid major team get an automatic bid, which I'm fine with, I think you're fine with, let them get their automatic bid so they can shut up complaining and let them go lose 60 to nothing in the first round. So like they can just so shut the, up. So a mid-major, would he get an automatic bid above the Pac-12? Um, Pac-2, but yes. Yes, the mid-major. Right. Would get My point bid. is they don't deserve anything. They don't deserve an automatic bid. They could put together a bunch of directional schools in California. And then to get an automatic bid would be absurd. Well, no conference, no conference gets an automatic bid. There is no conference that gets an automatic bid. What it is is the top six ranked conference champions get automatic bids. Um, the so question- you're saying that, but 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 here's what they're going to do: they're going to make the Pac-12 as long as they assemble eight teams or so. They're going to make them one of those teams. They're not going to assemble eight teams. They're not going to, they're going to go with the Mount. They're going to go with like the Mountain West and the American for the top, for the other two automatic bids. Okay. But what, what, wherever they go, the point is they're going to get an automatic bid and because they're going to be rated high enough and they're going to be a high enough rated champion. And they don't deserve that. That is not the same thing as going through the Big Ten and winning 10 games or going through the SEC and winning 
10 games. You could go through that conference that they're going to throw together and win 11, and that's not as impressive. I, right. I may think this should be a 4-8 model. I thought this yesterday. I don't know that's been discussed, but there are not five power conferences anymore, period. Well, no, that they're not. They're the five-seven model is under the. That's why they're talking the five-seven model. That is under the assumption that there were only four power conferences. Their whole thing is there should be four, the four power conferences, and one of the smaller schools get an automatic bid, and then the other seven will be all from the Big Ten or the SEC or wherever. And okay, so, what's the six-six model? Is that getting giving the Pac-12? Yeah, the six-six model. Well, yes, the six-six model. Okay, so let's 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 back up for a minute with this premise you and i agree there's four power conferences left sec big 10 big 12 acc right yes okay when they came up with this scenario there were five power conferences because the pac-12 was the fifth so the scenario was going to be six auto bids and six at large that way all five power conferences plus one of the smaller conferences gets eat gets an auto bid well in the midst of doing that the pac-12 Collapse. It folded. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, now, that's why they're discussing if they should do 6-6 six, six or 5-7. The debate is, if they stick with 6-6, six, six, like you said, you're going to get two mid-major conference auto bids. Because the Pac-2 or whatever, where they go is a mid-major at this point. And so, you're going to get two mid-major auto bids versus, I think you and I both agree, one mid-major auto bid's enough, right? One mid-major yes. auto bid's enough. So it should be the 5-7 model. I think one's should, too many. But anyway. Well, I mean, I, I agree with you because, again, the 12-team playoff, you got to make it exciting. And one mid-major auto bid is just going to mean one for-sure blowout in the first round of every freaking playoff because the mid-major auto bid is going to automatically get the 5-seed and they're going to get to play 12-seed LSU at 9-3 and three or 12-seed Georgia at 9-3. and three. And we know what LSU or Georgia is going to do to that mid-major. And so... I agree with you in theory, but that's what they wanted to do. So that's the debate. I'm with you on that. I think the more important thing to make for the college football playoff, and I think you and I both agree, is you've got to start scheduling more elite games throughout the year. Like, I'm sorry. I, I no, no more. I mean, maybe one FCS game if you want to do it, but you can't have, you, you can't have three crap games a year anymore. With, with no that's you're coming around to what i've told you caleb slowly but surely it's just like the nfl in the, in the nfl you can lose any game on every any given week that's what college football is going to be like so i'm fine with that i'm fine with the nine and three team making it if they're playing their best ball at the end of the year that's what i want i don't want the uteps of the world on the schedule i don't want the easy ones now the players do because they get to take half a game off but that's not what I want. I want to see Cowboys, Commanders, Cowboys, Giants, Cowboys, Eagles, just one after the other where they're lined up against similar stacked opponents. My issue is I don't like Tony Petiti's idea, and I hope the SEC doesn't do it. Don't pack the games in November. If the regular, you've already somewhat devalued the regular season because of the 12 team playoff. Can you imagine if you devalue the regular season and then you put a bunch of crap games in September because you packed all the good games for November? You're just going to kill September college football at that point. I mean, you you got to put some elite games in September. I mean, you know, the state, yes, the NFL, Dallas and Washington used to play to open the season half the time. 
Uh, yeah, but I backload it more than not. I'm not saying take it, take away any game, but I would definitely make sure that Tennessee, Georgia, and Alabama, Auburn, and Alabama, LSU, trying to think of another one, there's really not that could be pertinent to a playoff. I'm going to make those in November, though, aren't you? I mean, yes, but you want Tennessee, Alabama to stay in October. For the fun of it, cool that I'm cool and that. Like, and Derek <laughs> says October games are great, November games not. Well, they're going to be if you stack well, and, them right. And then think the Big Ten for a minute. Yes, Michigan, Ohio State, you won in November, but why not put Ohio State, Penn State in October? Uh, you know, I mean, I could, I would try and, to have my major matchups at the end of the year now. Uh, Kaylin says heavy body strain of November is packed. These kids have to deal. Some of the freshmen and sophomores are still physically growing. Uh, Kaylin said earlier in the chat that he uh, was, was thought have a Patsy game early in the season, late in the season. I guess I'm okay with that. I, I hope they just take over the scheduling and they make all 12 of your, your scheduled games in a college football playoff. I don't think we're going to have non-conference games. I think the mega conference is going to be it. and You're going to get your schedule just like the NFL, and you better know where to show up because if you don't show up on time, then uh, you lose. I'll give you that. How exciting will that be, though, when they actually do that? When the mega conference comes and they have, like, they're like, we're going to do a full schedule reveal in May. Um, but, I mean, I just – I, I'm a big fan of the idea of November game uh, of of September and October big games. I, that's the only thing I'm worried about. I don't want to see top ten games go by the wayside in September and October. This past year, college football, the opening weekend was terrible. Dave, do you remember the opening weekend? There was not one top twenty five game. It's not going to be that bad, Caleb. I mean, it's not. They're still going to they're going to put some peach games like. Tennessee, Florida in September. I still think that they're going to do that, or maybe that the the cocktail party gets moved into uh, in September. That's a real possibility too. So I think there's going to be a quality game each and every week. Um, and I think the SEC would be crazy if they didn't schedule it out that way. But Caleb, it's it, you have to take with that the fact that you may lose a regular season game and still make the playoffs. So that's oh, I, something. Mm -hmm. I've accepted that. I like the old system where every regular season game was that dangerous. But I will say, if you're going to do the 12 team playoff, I think you and I both agree because you devalued the regular season, you need to make every regular season game a, a high caliber matchup if you can. Agreed. Ron Slay will join us with Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Ron Slay and the bandana, the headband coming up next. Stay tuned, Off Thug Sports. Sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Sports Treasures in North Knoxville is one of the South's largest sports cards and memorabilia dealers, featuring over 10 million sports cards from vintage to modern. Sports Treasures carries a full line of hobby boxes, singles, autographed memorabilia, Tennessee Vol collectibles, fan cave decorations, and so much more. See a museum full of collectibles at Sports Treasures, 4819 North Broadway in Fountain City, and Sports Treasures on Facebook. Sports Treasures, where the real sports fan goes to shop. 
Have you seen the latest TriStar Hats Co. product? TriStar Hats Co.? What's that? You know, those really cool hats, shirts, tumblers, and even license plates with three stars like the official Tennessee flag and stripes like the American flag. Pretty patriotic if you ask me. Ah, gotcha. Seen those. Those are cool. Where can I get them? Simple. TriStarHatsCo.com. And if you order now, there's 10% on any order $50 or more. Plus, use the promo code HOOKED. With the promo code HOOKED, you get 10% off. That's HOOKED. And don't forget free shipping with any order over 50 bucks. Stock up at TriStarHatsCo.com. That's TriStarHatsCo.com. There are plenty of wannabes out there, so make sure you go to TriStarHatsCo.com for the best quality and customer service. Will do, and I'll be sure to use the promo code HOOKED. That's HOOKED when I do to save an additional 10% off. TriStarHatsCo.com. TriStar Hats Co. is a trademark of TriStar Hats Co. LLC. Any use without express written consent is prohibited. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win, banksjones.com. Uh, who's this guy? Hello, wizard! The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. Welcome back to the program. He is Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. We're uh, going to get to Ron Slay here momentarily. You told me you had a couple of more recruiting misses. Yeah, I just... I Yeah, lay it on me. And it was when I was covering, so I can't believe I forgot this. I was just thinking long-time NFL stars, but T. Higgins flipped from Tennessee to Clemson. And like he was committed to Tennessee. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence, but he wasn't committing to Butch Jones. And a lot of people like to bring up Amari Rogers, T. Martin's son. I don't know if Tennessee was ever going to be in the running because based on the information you gave me, I can't imagine T. Martin holds Butch Jones in any sort of high regard because of that whole situation. And I think he would steer his kid away from Butch Jones as much as possible. Yeah, I think that was already happening. That uh, happening, I think that between uh, T. and Butch Jones, I think that was pretty much just an interview that they did to make everybody happy. I don't think that T ever expected to get a job offer. And I don't think and Butch uh, Jones threw him under the bus, made it sound like he was the one who rejected it. So, yep, I thought so too. Ron Slay joins us now, and we absolutely love Ron Slay. How are you, Ron, sir? I'm getting hydrated from Vegas, guys. How you guys doing? I hear you. How'd <laughs> Vegas go? That sounds awful. <laughs> it's it went it went good. It's still going apparently. Um, no, it was a great time, man. Great interviews, great networking. Um. It's always good to hear other people's perspective and, you know, learning more about people and their journey to get to this point. So it was a dope time. Plus, we saw Wayne Newton. Wayne Newton gave me a thumbs up. Oh, so did you uh, actually get to talk to him or did you go to like a show? Yeah, no, 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 no. He, we were doing Radio Row and he um came, I was going to say he came walking by, but he kind of glides. Yes. Kind of like he's on... Like on clouds, you know what I'm saying? So it was like he was gliding by. So when he was gliding by, he gave me a thumbs up. I was like, hey, and I pointed at Wayne Newton. And he he was about to sit at our table because I guess he thought he was supposed to have an interview with us. And his handler kind of grabbed him like, no, 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 let's go this way. I was like, uh, dang, we almost had Wayne Newton. Who, who, was, who was rude to you uh, in, in Radio Row? 
Man, actually, man, see, this is the trick. Like, nobody's really mean. The reason being, they all think I played football. You know I what I'm am. saying? So <laughs> I, I fit in well. So by the time they realize, oh, man, he didn't play football, it's too late. We didn't got an interview or, you know, I didn't uh, got the phone number nice. or something like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, you know, and then when I put my sunglasses on, they really like, oh, man, maybe, maybe Dawn is his handler. So they start asking me for autographs and trying to get me to do interviews. I did, I did like three interviews. It's pretty well crafted. Uh, he just continues <laughs> to explode on, onto the scene. Uh, my rude one was Andy Rooney. Do you remember him at the, have I told I you do this remember. story? No, you never told me. Okay, so at the end of 60 Minutes, he'd get on and just complain about anything. You know, I hate our light switches. Why do you hate light switches? I don't know. I got to wait. So he would complain about everything. So I went up to him, and I said, Mr. Rooney, I'm a big 60 Minutes fan. I said, I would love to have you on the show with this John Wilkerson and Jimmy Himes, uh, these hacks over there. No, I'm kidding. I love John Jimmy. <laughs> So I would love to have you over there with, with them. Could you come over? He goes, no, 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 no. I don't have time. Just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. And he's going on and on. And then so he's looking, he's walking around. He's an elderly man. And mm-hmm. I was taught in the South, if an elderly person is having trouble, you help. Right. So he, he, he couldn't find the credential area. And I said, Mr. Rooney, if I may help, I was not going to ask for another interview. That was dead. Yeah. I was going to say, it's right over there. And he goes, I told you once just to leave me alone. <laughs> Get out of my face. And just tore me anew in front of I remember Chris Berman was there. Harold yeah. Carmichael was there, the old <laughs> receiver for the Eagles. Yeah. Pretty, pretty brutal. Ron, I got a totally random question because Dave and I kind of disagree with this, but we need a former player's perspective. What's up? Um. You obviously saw the Travis Kelsey interaction with Andy Reid in the game, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I look. I understand it. He's it's he's competitive. Fire. Don't you think there was a little lecture there because she was up there in the press box? And if you, you were playing a basketball game and your high profile girlfriend is there and you're not getting the ball, aren't you gonna be a little okay. mad? You know what it was, man. I, I told Babs asked me the same thing on our show, and I um before he came out with his response on um him him and his brother's podcast. I'd already told her and we also had um, Tracy Wolfson on and she said she she echoed the same exact thing that I said. So um, I told her it was a culmination of the entire season to that point. And you got to imagine how he even said when he came on and did his pregame um, interview, well, pre-week interview, Super, Super Bowl Radio Row, that he felt the window closing. And as an athlete, once you start to admit that to yourself, you start to get pressure, especially getting to the Super Bowl. You know how difficult it is to get there. So, you know, he had ups and downs through the seasons. Yes, Taylor was there. He wanted to impress her. But he also wants to hush up the naysayers and her not be the reason why he's not performing up to the way he's supposed to. So he had opportunities in the game. And he's like, man, I'm the dog. Like, we why are y'all not giving me the ball? Not knowing that, man, listen, the game plan is game plan. You know you're gonna get involved. But every time you're out there, you want to be able to make a play, whether it be blocking, catching, whatever it is, you just want to be on the field. And I felt all of that right there. Um, the frustration built up and he bumped it. Was he wrong for bumping him? Yes, indeed. But did I understand it? I totally understand. I, I totally understood it. 
I totally understood it, dog. Because that window, man, when that window closing and you make amends with yourself, make peace with yourself, like this is coming to an end. Man, every game is all out. It's the last game you're gonna play. So you saw what happened with Greenlaw. Like it, it can happen like that, man. It's it's weird. So yeah, I, I totally understood it, man. And then when he came out and Tracy Wolfson said the same thing, she was like, Man, I've never seen him emotional like this before the games. Um, usually he's he's calm and just ready to get to work. But man, I'm telling you, you get up there in age, dog, that, that window closed, you start acting differently. But I hope that answers your question, Kevin. No, that, that did. That did. I, I think he gave a great answer, and it didn't have anything to do with uh, Taylor Swift, which which I was good. So, uh, Taylor Swift, hot or not? That's hot. Hot. Um. I. For me. For me. For me. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. She's Nobody's uh, talked about it for me. I'm Nobody's talked about it to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, man, for me, is she's a she's hot plate hot. If that hot makes plate sense. Hot. All right. You I know what I mean? Like she's not she's not in the oven hot where it's gonna be hot for a long she's time. She's microwave hot. Stove. You know what I'm saying? See, Caleb, we talking about old school. We give you old school reference and we talking about the hot yeah. plate, you just warm it up. She can get hot and like you- that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, and, and you tell me if I'm wrong. Greatest singers, and I've, I'm going to forget one, but greatest female singers, Aretha, Whitney, Christina Aguilera, Mariah Carey. I'm just talking about Ooh. ability to go eight octaves. You're talking about, yeah, you're talking about real live voice, vocal cord. Yeah, I'm talking about they could be as ugly as the three of us. Hell yeah. They're still Ooh. making a career. Whitney, number one. Ain't no if, ands, or buts about it. Yeah. All right, ain't no. Ooh, and I'm gonna be real. I um, my birthday, me and my me and my fiance, we had an opportunity to go see her at an intimate concert. Beyonce number two for me. Beyonce can sing. I've seen her live. Look, she's good got a, God she's got Almighty, a mad range. Hey man, it's it's stupid. Oh my gosh, it's dumb. So that would be then. I never seen Mariah Carey. I would go with Aretha. Um, next, then I'll go with Mariah. Uh, Patty, Patty ain't no punk. Patty no. Labelle can she she can get you know what I mean. Yeah. And I didn't, I, I went back and listened uh, uh, to a little bit of a uh, Bonnie holiday, but I couldn't get mm. a clear enough um, rendition of the yeah. really judge. I love music, but anyway, uh, I, I love Ron more. Um, so Ron, um, I take basketball losses in stride. And I don't know if you remember that from when I, when I covered you, mm-hmm. but listen, as, as good as Tennessee's basketball team had been playing when at Kentucky, and then to go to AM and seemingly have dead legs, I thought, mm-hmm. and not play well was not the end of the world for me because the Aggies were hitting everything too, especially in the first half. I just didn't see that as a disconcerting loss. Am I wrong? No, you're not. Uh, I, I felt the exact same way. Now, I did think that Tennessee helped, um, helped them out by, you know, I mean, being a step slow, but they did a terrific job of attacking Dalton Connect. Like they put them in so many different matchups till they found it. Then they had movement going where they could play one on one with Dalton Connect, and he was a a step behind. And I think um, you saw um, you saw exactly um, what you should have saw in Texas A and M against Arkansas. So it means he went back and watched the film study and was like, "Man, I gotta I gotta give more effort defensively." Like this was one dribble, two dribble blow bys for Wade Taylor and Boots Raffer when they were playing at A and M. 
You look at the game against Arkansas, Tremont Marcus just as talented and as long, and he was defending him and L. Ellis and everybody else, Minifield Jr., the way he, we thought he should have did at Texas A&M. But this is the difference. Texas A&M was picked the second to finish in the league. Texas A&M also has the preseason SEC play of the year, who probably should have been runner up last year in Wade Taylor. And we all know, we've been around basketball quite some time. If one person at home comes out with that potential to get hot and goes three for three, you can probably cut cut the lights off, man, unless you're going to get them in foul trouble. And that's what happened. Then this Robin Boots Rafford is healthy. Like, it was the perfect storm. Um, I never expect Tennessee to get outworked um, on the rebounds. I think that was the thing, Anderson Garcia coming in and just dominating. But he's been doing that all year as well. So this was probably the first week A&M was healthy. Um, all together as one, no guys missing out. Solomon Washington playing. Um, Jace Carter finally thrust into his role, being the third guy that can score. Like, it was a perfect storm. I'm going to be honest. Uh, that was That's the A&M we've been expecting all year. And it don't help that you're ranked top 10 coming in there and they need a, a quad one win. Well said. Ron, Ron uh, I'm going to take a risk and take a little bit of issue with what you said. And the reason it's, I'm taking a risk is because uh, I mean, Tracy just... Wilson was one of my first TV crushes when I used to watch games back in the day. And I was asking for a good word in for me. <laughs> um, but uh, one, of the, one of the issues that I have with that is I think I had never been a fan – if you if you think you have a Final Four team, and I think Tennessee is mm-hmm. a Final Four caliber team, national title caliber team, right? I think the number one thing you can't do is dismiss a loss because a team got hot shooting from three, right? Because you're going to run into a team in March that gets hot shooting from three. Mm-hmm. It's just inevitable. <laughs> and the question is, can you withstand it? Now you're right. Arkansas was red hot shooting, and Tennessee withstood it perfectly. I mean, I actually thought the first half was more impressive than the second half against Arkansas right. because they were able to withstand the blows that Arkansas was throwing them. So. Isn't it still concerning that Tennessee couldn't withstand the blows Texas A&M was throwing at them on Saturday, even though they were red hot shooting from three? Because you're going to hit a team like that, aren't you, in March? Yeah, you can, but uh, – okay, so this is my thing. Um, You will be more alert, I believe, when, when March comes. Two, um, Dalton Connect, They this is what I'm saying. They had a great game plan, and you were able to learn in a regular season game what the game plan was. Let's get Dalton Connect. Um, in foul trouble. They took a blueprint from Kentucky. Remember, Kentucky was trying to mm-hmm. attack um, Don Connect with the arrow, running them off screens. And I felt like Kentucky almost went away from what their floor of their offense was to try to attack Dalton Connect. And it kind of got lost, and Tennessee was on fire, so it didn't play out that way. I think Texas A&M, when you look at it, um, the problem was I do think they were going back and forth with them. It wasn't a hot shooting to me. It was the second-chance rebounds. The second chance points, like giving up offensive rebounds. You were getting stops um, that you needed to get. Yes, the hot shooting is one, but you withstood that. It was the offensive rebounds that Garcia was getting and keeping the balls alive. Then Henry Coleman started to get. Then Solomon Washington started to get. Like, that was the problem for me more so than the hot shooting. I think they can withstand that. My thing is, and which I think is going to travel, they had three Tobey Walkers out there. That's why I think, like, you know what I'm saying? And then you and, – and as much as a problem was with Dalton Connect defending the ball, I thought Jan- Jonas Adu was another situation that he wasn't involved as he should. And that's why I thought coming out in the Arkansas game, them getting him back involved early, that bodes well. Because we all we, we seem to sit and wonder, why is Santiago Vescovi um, 
um, his production down. Why is Josiah Jordan James' production down? The reason their production is down is because we 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 become reliant on other guys. So Jonas A. do gets more shots, gets 10 to 12 shots a game when they're rolling. Zakai is aggressive. He's getting 10 to 12 shots. Don Connect is getting 15 to 18 shots when they're rolling. You get a guy like Ganey coming in that you need to be a hot plate, eight to 10 shots when he's rolling. You know what I'm saying? So now somebody's shots have to diminish if you're not going to get up and down in a slow-paced game like Texas A&M wants to play. You feel what I'm saying? So that's why I'm saying those people need to be efficient. If that's the case, then we need to take a do out of the picture, give him five to six shots, give those shots to Santi, um, get Josiah going like we did, like they did in the Arkansas game. But the only problem is they're veterans. They're not worried about that. What do we have to do to win? So that's what that's what that's what I, that's where I'm coming from with. Ron, let me ask you this: when because there were a couple of times that it was debatable in that A and M game that. You call a timeout, you're the head coach, you maybe slow down a, a running streak, and there were times that Rick Barnes did, and there were times that he didn't. As a player, mm-hmm. when you're going through a bout where you're giving away six, eight, ten points, yeah, do you want a timeout there, or would you rather fight through it, or does it just depend on how the run's going? Yeah, you got it's, it's tough, man. You got to know your team. I've been in situations when I was younger, and I'd be like, Man, come on, man. They got to call a timeout. And coach would look like, hey, man, go play. Let me coach. You go play. You know what I'm saying? And I've also been a veteran, and I've been like, when I come to the timeout, hey, coach, let us fight through it, man. This is the season. Like, let us fight through it. Let us get some experience with this. Maybe we do go down 14, but we all of a sudden have experience being down 14, how to counter a run. You know what I'm saying? And use maybe save the timeouts and use the media timeout as your timeout when it comes. So, I think, man, in those four-minute increments, you you got to figure out a way, especially with a veteran group, to that they figure it out on their own. Because you can't always burn timeouts. You need those going down the stretch, especially in March Madness. It's nothing like being down uh, eight with a minute 45 to go and you got three timeouts. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And everybody know how to respond to it. So <clears throat> I've been on both sides of the coin. As a veteran, I, I would say, man, let us fight through it. As a young guy, I'm looking to a coach because I'm inexperienced to make um, the the timeout so we can have some kind of direction to go. So, Ryan, you brought it up two weeks ago. I've been, and I believe you've been an early recognizer of this, and I, I have to. I've been screaming it from the rooftops, which is that, and I think this ties right into your offensive rebounds and second chance points that hurt Tennessee last Saturday. Mm-hmm. It's driving me crazy that Rick Barnes won't go to his bench. He played Zakai <laughs> Ziegler 40 minutes in a loss last Saturday. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, that was a 20-point win, and he still has – that was a 30-point win, and he still has Connect Viscovi or, – or excuse me, Connect, Connect Ziegler and Adu all playing 30 minutes. Why won't he go to his bench? <laughs> hey, I, listen, I've been – Caleb, in the games even that they've won, um, and in particular the games that they lost, the bench has just been dismal. If 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 they may not even be, um, <laughs> like it's the it's, the bench scoring when you compare it in wins and losses is crazy. Like if Ganey doesn't come in and get hot, it's almost like you have zero bench production. You know what you're getting from Mayshack. Um, but I'm with you. You got to extend because going down, man. You look at the teams that are playing and playing really well. Look at Auburn. You look at Alabama. 
You look at South Carolina. Like, even Kentucky, if they click and get it rolling, it's honestly because of their depth and everybody's playing fresh. You know what I'm saying? So, I totally, I totally get it. I would love to see Freddie DeLeon. I don't understand what he does wrong, but it's got to be something that we can't see in practice. Um, I don't – Estrella, Cade Phillips, like these guys, like Tobe. I understand Tobe because when Jonas Adu has it going, oh, do plays without filing. Um, so it's kind of difficult to take a, a big presence like him off the floor. So I understand Tobe's minutes being down a bit. A bit but I, I'm right there with you, man. Like you, you can't speak about depth, and we talked about it before. Can't speak about depth and compare them to past teams if you don't use the depth. You know what I'm saying? Imagine if Bruce Pearl had those horses. Not to compare coaches, but imagine if Jerry Green had those horses. Like we were a ten man rotation. Like yeah. no questions. It was <laughs> hard to keep track of who was coming in and out of the game. <laughs> I mean, it really yeah, was. I mean, you're like, <laughs> you know, like. Exactly. That's how it should be, man. And all all the teams right there at the upper echelon of the SEC, they playing deep. Like I, they Auburn played a guy. I had I had no idea who he was, and I've been following them all year. Some guy named Johnson. Yeah. I, Baker Mazar threw the ball from the corner, and the guy was cutting. The guy that dunked very very hard. Like I I don't I I had no idea. I was asking people like, who is this guy? Where did he come from? So Ron, you're a much better man than Andy Rooney. Know that for the rest of your life. And um, yeah. I'm just get out of here. I'm just trying to. We, we actually, that's, that's almost a Jared Green like it is. It is, and we got caught on a an elevator together too. So he got to tell me how he hated me a little bit more. <laughs> and I'm like, Ron, I'm like 24. I mean, I'm just getting torn yeah. up by Andy Rooney from 60 Minutes. I mean, it was, hey, it was like that Chris Hansen thing. Why don't you have a seat over there? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What do you have? The wine coolers. Hmm? See, huh? see, see, you should have asked Andy Rooney that timeout. The younger Dave Hooker. <laughs> hey man, would you rather have a timeout right then, or would you rather fight through it and get scolded? I by just Andy. got beat down. I have an official to call a timeout, or I would have. He's Ron Slay. I'm Dave Hooker for Caleb uh, Calhoun. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Thank you, Ron. All right, fellas, go ball. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.